All right, and we are live. <laughs> What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Another 71 CPA Exam Podcast, episode 92. Now, I'm doing something that I've never tried before, and I am uh, broadcasting on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram simultaneously, and it could be um, a huge disaster. So, what we're going to do is we're going to do a live podcast. And uh, if you have comments on the social, if I don't see them, uh, then how do you, they're already coming in. If I don't see your comment, ask again, ask again please. And I'm, I'm gonna do a podcast. And so if you have a question for the show, go to another71.com, click Dojo Login. That will take you to Ask Jeff inside of the dojo. If you are not a dojo member, you can sign up for the free trial and then you'll get access to that as well, as well as seven days worth of MCQ, some free notes, free books, free audio, all sorts of free goodness. And uh, so that's it. Someone already asked, how do you get ninja gear? <laughs> uh, you, can, you can get this ninja shirt from Zazzle and um, they're pretty expensive though because they're custom. Uh, the ninja hats, I, those are custom made as well. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's get started. Okay, so starting out, and I'm getting a lot of emails from people who are choosing to not study right now. And what I tell them is that smart people are studying right now during the coronavirus lockdown. So it's kind of like investing. When when the stock market plunges, what do most investors do? They dump their stocks or a lot. Your average emotion-based investor is dumping stocks because it's never going to recover, right? Well, the smart people, you know, those, those evil rich people who uh, make money in the stock market, typically what they do, and this is not investment advice. I'm not an investment advisor. And, uh, but, Typically what smart people do is that when they do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. So when people are dumping stocks, they are buying them. And the same thing with a CPA exam. Right now, everyone else is taking time off. Everyone else is stuck at home. It's hard to study. You have kids, you have, you have kids at home. You're trying to work. Um, it's impossible to get anything done right now with kids at home. And, um, let's see. okay. And, um, so like, for instance, I was getting ready to, to record this podcast and one of my kids ran into my office and one of my, uh, my soon to be seven year old was, had an, had a, had a, had a gushing head wound, uh, after getting into a fight with a younger brother throwing blocks or whatever. Okay. Do we need to go to the ER? And so, you know, this is not something new for us. Um, you know, we've, we, have, we have nine kids, so uh, we've, we've, we've been to the ER a few times. And we determined that we did not need to go to the ER. So I came back in here and, and recorded this podcast. I'm sure that you guys have things going on at home that are, that are the same. Like, you're trying to work. You're trying, you're trying to study for the CPA exam. Someone busts a tooth. Someone cracks the TV. Someone gets a head wound. Someone let the dog out of the yard. Um, and 
in the middle of it, you're trying to even um, like figure out how to get groceries because there's a a one to two week the wait to pick up groceries, and there's a good chance that one of my kids will walk in my office while I'm doing this podcast. It's hard studying studying for the, studying for the CPA exam is hard right now, and so what are most people going to do? They're going to not study, but the smart people right now they're going to study because just like those investors who dumped their stocks when the stock market took a dive, they're waiting on the sidelines and they're waiting for it to rally. And guess what? Most investors who do this miss the rally. So they sell low and buy high and someday their retirement accounts will will reflect that. Right now, there are CPA candidates who are sitting on the sidelines and they're waiting so there's a couple things going on. You have uh, prometric testing centers, which, and so it, it really doesn't matter if a prometric testing center says that they are going to, they are um, extending their, their closing through a certain date. What really matters is, is what the governors of each state says. So some, some states may open, you know, May 1st, May 3rd, May 15th, if you're in um, New York or a place like that. So people are just like, okay, um, I really have another month, and so I'm just not going to study. And so just like those investors who, who dump their stocks, there's going to be quite a few CPA candidates who miss the boat in getting an exam scheduled because what's going to happen? They open up the exams, the exam window, and, uh, and then, oh no, I need to sk- schedule my exam four to six to eight weeks from now, but they're all going to be filled because everyone who has been sitting on the sidelines right now is doing the same thing. They are all, they're all waiting. And so the smart CPA candidates right now, they are studying and they're ignoring the news. They are they have a budget, a, a time schedule. When, when they work, they work. When they do homeschooling, oh yeah, homeschooling. <laughs> That's a whole other wrinkle. The reason why I don't think about it is because we already homeschool and it's, you know, it's, already, it's already a mess, so we're, we're used to the mess. Um, it's not always a mess, just on Mondays. So anyone else relate to the Monday mess? Uh, anyway, and so... When you work, you work. When you homeschool, you homeschool. And when you study for the CPA exam, you study. You can't study for the CPA exam while you're trying to, you know, have your second grader do math. And it's really hard to study at home. And, and I, I see people, people email me that working from home is actually harder than working from the office because it doesn't seem like the day, the, the day ever ends. And so, so that's a problem too. So be smart. Be one of those smart CPA candidates right now. Keep studying. And pretend like your exam is going to be on May 15th or whatever date you want to set. And then when they do open the exams up, you are going to be able to schedule your exam one to two weeks from then. And um, versus having to wait six to eight weeks. So anyway... That's my soapbox for the day. Smart people are studying for the CPA exam right now. During the coronavirus lockdown hysteria, ignore the news, keep studying. All right.
So I'm, I'm going to pause and, um, and read, some show, read some social comments. And uh, if you have a question, you can uh, enter it either on Facebook Live, Instagram, or uh, YouTube. Someone already laughed at me, so that's not nice. <clears throat> um, people say that I smack my lips a lot, so I'm trying to uh, avoid that with staying hydrated. So, let's see. We got Allah with my CPA excellence on. She does a great job, by the way, of doing interviews. And so, if you want to check out her, her channel, like, there are some people who I'm, who I'm really impressed by just with their work ethic. Like, in this, I'm talking about in the CPA review industry. It's really easy to put up a website and just, like, not interact with people. Um, but Allah is um, doing a really good job. She has some good interviews. And so and uh, go listen to some of her interviews. So that's my plug for Allah. Um, so I sent someone, a, or someone sent me a DM and I didn't reply. Uh, I'm not very good at Instagram DMs. I'm a lot better at <laughs> Facebook messages. So send me another one. Um, CPE exam studying is mixed up right now. Don't know when it's safe to take my test. Will your credit get extended? That is a state-by-state -state issue. Um, I think a lot of the states are extending through September 30th, although it seems like some are not quite on board with that yet. And so it's really a state-by-state -state issue. It's not, a, it's not a NASBA issue. And so um, it's really hard to say. <laughs> Rect Racing says, glad to see the beard coming back. Yeah, the, I would take my hat off because the hair's come back too, but... Uh, the downside of letting my hair grow back is my wife has for, forbidden me from shaving it again. So, but yeah, yep, the, the beard's coming back along with the gray. So, yeah, sorry about that. I don't, I don't know about when, um, when your credit's going to get extended. Hopefully all of your state board of accountancies are showing mercy on you. Hey, Jared Altick. All right, Red Snapper says, auditing 77, BEC 82, Reg 8075, all with Ninja. Thank you, Red Snapper. Anyone else who used Ninja? Uh, I, I love comments like that. They're a lot better than I failed with Ninja, so keep those coming. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Let's see. All right. Any tips for an exam in June? Well, you know, that's uh, it's like 10 up to 10 weeks from now. So just, just start your study plan and um, assume that your, that your uh, exam is going to be in June. And if it gets adjusted, it gets adjusted, but just plan like it's going to happen. So, all right. So now we're, gonna, we're jumping back and forth here between the social comments and uh, no one has said, I hate you yet. That's good. All right. I don't get too many of those emails once in a while. All right, Samas says, and I'm terrible with names, is the percentage of, completion, is percentage of completion still tested on the FAR exam? Because I found an MCQ about it, and I've heard that it's not tested anymore, so I want to be sure about it. Okay, so with the revenue recognition standard that came out um, a year or two ago, it pretty much did away with um, the, the percentage of, of completion method and... Um, the other one is escaping my mind. 
that happens when you go live. Um, anyway, so it has to do with, with construction accounting and, and construction revenue recognition. So um, while the new standard did away with the, the terms, uh, completed contract, there we go, completed contract and revenue recognition and um, percentage of completion, while those terms are not used anymore, the concepts are still there. And so it's, it's basically the same, except you have a few more wrinkles. And so what we did with, with our Ninja questions is, I mean, it's not like construction accounting just changed and like it's conceptually different. Um, there's just a few more hoops to jump through. And so we incorporated those hoops into the questions. And so um, I don't know if other re review providers still use that terminology, but, but we say that the, um, that the company uses, you know, what was formerly the completed contract or percentage of completion method in accordance with blah, 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 blah. And because the concepts are essentially the same. So hope that's helpful. Lucy writes in, I barely finished watching my Wiley videos for FAR. I'm reading the FAR textbook. I did not start MCQs and the Sims. I'm, I'm going to study with the Ninja program after I finish MCQs and Sims. I have my exam scheduled, hopefully for July 2020. What strategy do you recommend to pass FAR and the other three? Okay, so that's a pretty, pretty broad question. So it, it really comes down to how do you, so I'm, I'm going to frame it as, as a ninja question. Um, how, how do you study using Wiley and Ninja? So you have Wiley CPA Excel and, and it probably looks weird. I'm, I'm looking at three screens at the same time. I'm probably not focusing on any of them very well. Um, so how do you study for Wiley with Wiley and Ninja at the same time? Well, you want to follow the Ninja framework, nail the concepts, intense notes, nonstop MCQ, just rewrite your notes, and then it all comes together. So the conceptual phase, you want to use your Wiley, I mean, you bought the Wiley CPA Excel course and it's a couple thousand bucks, you want to use it. So nail the concepts with your Wiley videos, take about two weeks, take really good notes. So that covers the nail the concepts and the intense notes portion. Now with the um, with the nonstop multiple choice question, so that so you have N I N for the nonstop MCQ portion, you have to decide: Do I want to use the Wiley test bank for my nonstop MCQ? If so, then you use that for for the N, and then you'll use the Ninja MCQ for the A, which is the the review. It all comes together. If this is a retake, then you probably want to use the Wiley test bank as your final review and use the Ninja MCQ as your, uh, as your main conceptual um, review of the CPA exam questions. So nail the concepts with your Wiley um, material and take intense notes, spend about two weeks over the videos, take really good notes. And then with the book, so this goes with the Wiley videos, Ninja book, uh, the, Wiley, the Wiley book, whatever, set a budget for your, your concept. So two to three weeks and then get in and get out. And because the, the most important thing you can do is the multiple choice questions. Because while the review course providers, um, you know, they, 
they, they, they do their best to teach the um, accounting concepts in, in a way that is um, applicable to the CPA exam. So the CPA exam tests things that are in a certain way. And so they can frame the accounting material in a certain way, but the only way to really know if you know the material is to work multiple choice questions. And, and so um, after you take notes of your concepts, then you hammer the multiple choice questions and you, you take, like this is where you really dig in and take notes. And, and so if you, if you get something wrong or if you get something right and you kind of guessed, write it down and you, have, and you take these little, I mean, just write a line down your, your legal pad and, and just take bullet point notes. And so that's the N-I-N. And then the J, just rewrite it. So, I mean, highlighting in a book is most, mostly worthless, and there's some science behind that. It's a Harvard study. <laughs> so it, it must mean it's true. Uh, anecdotally, writing things down really connects with my brain and it sounds like it connects with other people's brains as well, brains. Um, and so if, if writing, if highlighting is mostly worthless, then taking notes one, <clears throat> one time is, uh, is just, I mean, it's not worthless, but, um, you know, it's, if you're going to make an investment to take notes, then you really need to make the investment and rewrite those notes because, uh, you took the notes from week one, you know, five or six weeks ago. And so you really need to rewrite those notes and take those longhand scribbles, put them into shorthand fact nuggets, things that your brain, things that will speak to your brain and that will, um, like help you out on exam day. So, so it's really important to rewrite your notes. I've never had someone rewrite their notes and say, man, Jeff, that was a waste of time. I've had plenty of people say, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I failed four times. I'm just not going to rewrite my notes. And so I'm like, hmm, what if we tried it this time? And so, and then it, then it all comes together. So um, we're going to go down the path of use the Wiley test bank. So we're sticking with a Wiley example. Use the Wiley test bank for your nonstop multiple choice questions. You took notes, then you just re, then you rewrite your notes. So you are rewriting the notes from your Wiley lectures. You are rewriting the notes from your Wiley test bank, and then um, and so you can either do that, or some people just don't take notes. I mean, I can say take notes all day long. People, some people won't do it. So then what you do is instead you rewrite the ninja notes. And then it all comes together, your final review uh, that starts um, a week out. So you should rewrite your notes no, early, no later than two weeks out from your exam. And then you do your final review uh, one week out from your exam. And how you do it is you start with your multiple choice questions, start in, in your weakest area. So you're taking FAR and you think, okay, what questions do I hope that they really don't ask me on exam day? And so it's like not-for-profit accounting or something like that. Or, or leases. And so, so you start there. Uh, start your weakest area first and then work backwards. And work 20 question mini testlets until you are scoring um, in the 70s. It's an arbitrary number. And then, uh, then move on. And so I get questions about when do I incorporate the Ninja Audio. Start listening to the Ninja Audio from day one. And so 
um, yeah. And so the goal is to listen to it as many times as possible. So even though you haven't been through the not-for-profit accounting lectures in your, in this case, Wiley CPA Excel, or if you go on Ninja only, whatever, even if you haven't been through that material, when you do study that material, it will click better. And I've had a lot of people say that. And so the goal with the Ninja Audio is to listen to it as many times as possible so that you can hear my um, redneck, hillbilly, lip-smacking voice on exam day and sometimes voice cracking, although when I record the, the audio, I edit over that. <laughs> so hope that's helpful. All right, going back to Instagram, see, seen some comments. I'm graduating in August. I work full-time and go to school. I like to take FAR in September. Do you think if I started studying in May, would it be too early? Yes, because, um, so there's some people who disagree with me. I think they're completely wrong, <laughs> but you should never, ever, ever, ever study more than eight weeks for any exam ever. And the reason for that is because there is a short-term, a significant short-term memory component to the CPA exam and if you spread that out over three months, four months, you are going to forget things and you get diminishing returns. Um, I'm a huge fan of maybe seven weeks um, max for any exam. Seven weeks for FAR is the sweet spot. Same for regulation, for auditing and BEC, five weeks. So with Ninja, and here's a plug, uh, you can go to another71.com and click Ninja free trial and you will get the the free study planner because we have um, a, a four-week study planner and a seven-week study planner and you get those for free and so but never more than eight weeks so if you want to take far in September then then you want to start studying in July so hope that's helpful What are my suggestions for someone that wants to provide CPA review tutorials as a business? I would probably jump on one of those tutoring. You're welcome. I'd rather I, I would jump on one of those um, tutoring websites and get good at it. They then bring the customers to you, and then um, and then if you if you build up a brand for tutoring, then you can launch your own, your own business, but, um, or you can just, you know, probably, probably the longer path, but the better path is just to start doing, um, tutoring on Facebook live and Instagram live and just be known for being a tutor. So Matt says on Facebook live, Ninja helped me pass the exams February of 2016. Thank you, Ninja. Thank you, Matt. Good to hear from you, buddy. All right, question two, Lucy, uh, no, we already did Lucy. Uh, Andy says, I'm a Ninja Monthly member and just curious about what you think about how COVID-19 will impact the CPA testing as all of the testing centers have been shut down and uncertainty of when it's going to be reopened. This makes it difficult to want to study for our test dates and for expiring scores. I'd like to hear your thoughts and strategies that you would implement during these times. So, um, study, study right now is, is very hard. And um, it's kind of along the, the lines of people who 
study full time. So I get emails from people about, hey, good news, um, I don't start my big four until September and I can study all summer at home and et cetera. Or I'm going to quit my job, usually a bad, bad move, to study full time. And so I say, hey, great, you have, uh, what a blessing it is that you get to have all this time to study. However, uh, have you ever tried to do anything at home and um, just, well, something difficult that you don't really want to do? All of a sudden, like, the, uh, you know, that, that one drawer in your kitchen where you dump all the stuff that you want to forget about, all of a sudden that needs to get organized. Or all of a sudden you need to clean out the proverbial closet. Or all of a sudden, um, you know, Tiger King drops on Netflix and you just got to watch all eight episodes. <laughs> Studying at home is not easy. And so I tell people to treat it like a full-time job and actually leave the house every day and go to Starbucks or whatever. And, uh, but guess what? You can't do that right now. And so you have to study at home. And, and so, and then, so it's this toxic mix of studying at home, but I can't leave. I have to work from home. My kids are at home. My spouse is driving me crazy because they are working at home also. And This is a time where you have to prioritize and you have to uh, sacrifice. So you prioritize by, you work, you work when you work, you homeschool when you homeschool, and you study when you study. You spend time with the spouse when you spend time with the spouse. The sacrifice comes into play, um, you know, maybe you, maybe you get up an extra hour earlier. Um, if your spouse works from home, Maybe you work it out with them. So, hey, from, from noon to two, you get to go in the spare bedroom and study. Then the kids go down to bed, and hopefully your, your work will let you shut, shut things down. And so you, you agree with your spouse, okay, Monday through Thursday, from 9 to 11, we're going to sit at the kitchen table and study. You, know, you can work, whatever, I'm going to study. And then Friday night, you know, there's no, there's, there's no study and we're watching Tiger King. And, uh, and so, so that's, that's really some strategy for, for handle, for how to handle this. There's no, there's no perfect answer. There's no easy answer, but that is an answer. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> got my, got my phone above my Mac and I'm like doing this to the computer. Sorry. Uh, Whitney says, it took me forever to get through the ninja books and taking notes. Should I use a week to get through the books, move on to the MCQ and Sims? Yeah, a week, two to three, like, like whatever your, your study budget is. So I would definitely allocate at least two and a half weeks to um, the MCQ. I would allocate a week to rewriting your notes and I would allocate a week to reviewing. So two and a half, three and a half, four and a half. And so if you're on an eight week plan, then you get to read the book for three and a half weeks, um, seven week plan, two and a half weeks, etc. Get through what you can in the book. 
and then move on. Even if, even if you have to skim, you know, skim the examples, skim the application examples. So that's what I would do. I mean, you know, the, the Ninja book is more paired, is more pared down than most books. Some of these books are like phone books and it's because, Hey, we just sold you this gigantic phone book and now, uh, now you need to use our videos to tell you what to study from it. And so it'll take you forever to get through those books. And so Ninja book is more pared down than most, but it's still pretty voluminous. And, um, and so, yeah, just create a budget and, and work through it. Again, I'm scrolling through the comments. If I miss your comment, please re-ask. Um, so question is from studying CPA with me, how do you know when you're ready to sit for a FAR when you're scoring 75%? Uh, well, when, when you're going through your final review and you're working your questions like by topic, starting with, starting with your weakest, your weakest section first and moving backwards. If, if you're scoring in the seventies consistently, um, so you, you do a set of 20 questions over not-for-profit. You score in the 70s. Score, score in the 70s in a section of leases, um, et cetera. If you're consistently scoring in the 70s and 80s, then that's kind of an, an arbitrary way of, of knowing that you're ready. Renee writes in, I need some motivation. I failed BEC five times. My last score was a 73. The first two times I took it, I didn't study enough, but the last three times, 71, 64, 73, I really tried. Any, any suggestions? I lost regulation, but I passed it again in March. I passed far, and I'm about to lose auditing. Okay, so um, Renee went from, this is BEC, went from a 71 to a 64. If I had to guess, it was because... I don't know Renee, Renee at all, but typically what happens when someone scores in the 70s and they score in the 60s, they thought that they were like, quote, a few points away. And uh, so they cut corners. And so typically when, that, when they do that, they score lower, which can lead into all sorts of things like, man, maybe, you know, maybe this exam isn't for me, et cetera. Well, no, you just didn't study right on your retake. And you know, this is how you study get back in there. So your last exam was a 73 on BEC. And so what you, what you want to do is avoid the mistake that you made going from 71 to 64. So a 73 means that you're, you're extremely close. There is a, a concept or two, a chapter or two, you know, maybe it's cost accounting or something like that, where you are, you are super weak and, um, and you're not, you're not able to, so, so typically what happens is when you are, when there's a topic that you don't want to study, you just punt and you just hope that, um, you just hope that, you know, the exam won't ask you. And so if there's a topic or two that, that you're weaker in and, uh, if my brain seemed if my brain seemed jumbled for a minute, it's like working from home, someone was just knocking on my door. I'm like, how do I answer this question? 
sorry. Um, so like for instance, when I was studying for regulation, I did not want to study like count exchanges. I hated it. I didn't want to study AMT. I hated it. And so consequently, I scored back-to-back -back 74s on regulation and I lost my FAR credit. Well, um, I had this genius idea to study them. And then, and then I ended up um, passing regulation with a 92 the next time and then I repassed FAR. And so if there is a topic that, is, that you're that you are, are either punting or you're just, eh, it's pretty hard, getting pretty much in the weeds, study that section in the, in the Ninja Notes. And so just, just know the basics about that topic and then move on. But 73, there is an area that's just keeping you from getting over that 75 mark. But don't make the mistake of cutting corners again because you scored a 73, hey, that's two better than the 71 and because you might end up actually scoring worse again and then, and then losing your auditing credit. So Renata on Facebook Live, a study for BEC um, has this subject changed a lot over the years. BEC has not changed a lot over the years and typically when, when BEC changes, it's like, okay, corporate governance had had some changes, so they updated their, their corporate governance framework. Um, they updated the ERM framework a few years ago, but BEC does, I mean, cost accounting doesn't change, economics doesn't change, uh, IT does change. I mean, obviously IT changes all the time, but excuse me, the question is, the question is, does the AICPA update their database for, well, I do think that they add, you know, new questions about blockchain and stuff like that. Do they remove some of the more antiquated stuff from the test bank? I don't know. And so IT changes, but it's, in my opinion, things get added to it. And so there, there's not a lot of changes there from like material being pulled out. And so, um, but I think recently we pulled out references to like magnetic tape and stuff like that. I mean, I just don't think that those will be on the exam. So hope that's helpful. Uh, so Sheldon asked, how do you, how do you stay focused during this crisis? Um, I've answered that. Hey Sheldon. Um, I've answered that already a, a few times. So just, just, uh, rewatch some of the, some of the few questions from this video when it, when it ends. Um, and your question, can the 2019 Ninja Notes be used for the 2020 exam? Um, well, if you're, if you're a Ninja Monthly member, you get them updated already. But if you're not, um, like you didn't want to rejoin or something, um, it kind of depends on the section. BEC probably far, far, far is pretty risky. Like far usually has the most changes and there's usually some tweak. Uh, regulation only so regulation will have the 2019 tax law up until um, June or sorry July of 2020, and then they'll switch to the. So um, regulation is probably fine until July. So so hope that's helpful. You're welcome, Renata. Uh, Amat Amat John says, "Hey, any advice for working in a CPA firm as an auditor? I keep forgetting what I already studied." 
in my CPA review? Uh, well, which, well, I guess I'll, I will, not knowing what section that you're taking, um, I will answer it like this. People who are auditors for a living are oftentimes shocked at how poorly they do on the auditing exam because how you do things in practice isn't necessarily how you do things on the exam and because it's auditing tested in a vacuum. It's a, it's a conceptual exam. Oh, so I, I guess I'll finish my question uh, or answer. It's a conceptual exam, so you have to study If you're an auditor and you fail auditing, you're not a terrible auditor. It just means that they test the material differently and you just have to study it because like you're taking a standardized test. Um, so he says he already passed the CPA exam. So the question is, okay, how do you, how do you stay up to date on the stuff, on the materials? Here's the thing. Um, you, are, you are likely only going to remember the stuff on the exam um, that's directly relevant to your everyday job. And so that's just, that's just the sad truth. If you work in auditing, you're not going to remember how to do schedule M1, M2, and M3 for corporate tax return. Now, you had to know it for the CPA exam. And so, you know, the CPA exam tests, it's kind of a shotgun approach, it tests everything. And, uh, you know, and what does passing the CPA exam mean? it means that you meet the minimum requirements to serve the public interest. So, <laughs> and so what you need to do is just be an expert in your relative field. So you need to be an expert in auditing if you're an auditor. And um, do you need to be an expert on, on uh, not-for-profit accounting? No. So now if you go audit not-for-profit some, some not-for-profit, then, then yeah, you have to demonstrate the, the, the technical ability and the, the technical knowledge to go in there and do that. So you're probably going to have to like restudy that section. But uh, you are going to forget stuff. You're going to forget um, light kind of exchanges if you're an auditor. You're going to forget fill in the blank. So don't sweat it. All right. Hello from, Lon hello, uh, hello from London. Hello. Hello from Kansas. Hey, Lori. Got two high school friends watching. All right. Luke writes in, let's see. I hope all is well during these difficult times. I just had a question, clarification regarding the Ninja 2020 FAR simulations list. How exactly was this list made? Are these just the sims that have the highest chances of showing up on the FAR exam? I scored. So I guess I'll answer that in chunks. No, those are the AICPA releases. Um, so those are simulations from the past. Those are new AICPA release simulations. Those are simulations that we wrote. Like, hey, we're, we're weak in this topical area. Let's write some sims about it. And so um, if they're on the list, doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be on the exam. They're just like, hey, you might get a sim over this topic. You should be reasonably familiar with it. Continuing on, I scored a 65 on my last FAR exam and I tried to think of things I need to fix or do differently this time around. And I didn't focus much on The Sims the first time around besides watching the Becker Skillmaster videos for The Sims. 
So I figured this time around studying, I'd supplement with Ninja and allocate more time practicing Sims. Even though I'm still iffy on the time I should spend on Sims, knowing that it's the luck of the draw. I plan to use Ninja MCQ the last two weeks before my exam. Currently doing Becker MCQ, Sims and Notes, along with Ninja Notes. Also, any feedback or advice on how to approach my FAR retake? I'm struggling to find the confidence in the approach that I have now. Okay, so you're, you're nailing the concepts with your, with your Becker videos, your Becker test bank. Um, sounds like you have the skill master videos. I guess they have those for the simulations. I don't know, but so you're nailing the concepts with Becker, taking intense notes over Becker, nonstop multiple choice with Becker. And then the notes that you take, you want to rewrite those notes. And, um, and then, so you're, you're going to use Ninja MCQ for your final re review. So you, the A, it all comes together. And that's good. Um, if this is a retake, I would swap out, I would do Ninja MCQ for your non-stop multiple choice. If it's the first time, then do Becker. Um, so yeah, so far I'm, I'm down with this plan. Rewriting the notes, um, either rewrite your, your Becker notes or rewrite the Ninja notes. You might just rewrite the Ninja notes um, if you haven't already gone through them many times. And so then the, the biggest questions is Sims. Like you said, they're the luck of the draw. Now I used to tell people to do like 90% MCQ, 10% Sims. And then I softened it to 80%. MCQ, 20% Sims, and then, and I think now I'm down to 70, 30. <laughs> Listen, you can study 20 to 30 different Sims and get none of them on, get none of those topics. On, well, that's probably, that's probably a stretch. Um, but you can study 10 Sims and get none of them on, on the exam. You know that you are going to get every single topic of your MCQ on the exam. And simulations are really an extension of your practical knowledge um, that, that you know from the MCQ. So you're able to uh, answer MCQ because you know the concepts. And so you're able to, and so the simulations are essentially an extension of those concepts. Now, where that can get messed up is, you know, you might know how to do FIFO, LIFO, and weighted average and come up with any inventory and cost of goods sold. Like, you know how to do that. But on the exam, if you get a sim about it, like, do you know how to fill out, you know, the tables? Like, and, um, I mean, sure, you can conceptually do a multiple choice question over it, but can you actually type in numbers and, and get a table to work out? So, that's where there's not a, a complete transition from the MCQ to simulation. So what I tell people is definitely work the AICPA sample simulations and work some tough topics over your, your simulation. So, um, you know, Becker is a big company. I'm sure they have pretty good sims. So work some sims over there and, and you know, work 10, 12 or, Spend, spend an entire Saturday doing nothing but Sims. So 
one Saturday out of your seven, two Saturdays out of your seven, do nothing but Sims, and I would call that good. Hussein says, Jeff, on Facebook Live, are the basics for hedging enough? Any sim on this topic will destroy me. Um, if I were studying, I would just, I would understand the basics. So, I mean, yeah, you might, you might get a, you might get a sim over hedging and it might destroy you. Um, you know, it's a, it's a uh, risk reward ratio. I mean, you spend a lot of time studying that and you might not get a sim over it. And so, um, I would, I would, I would read the ninja notes over that topic. Um, and then I would hammer the multiple choice over that topic if you're worried about it. So, and then I'd, I'd call it good. All right. Continuing on. If you have a question again, we're on, uh, Instagram live, Facebook live and, uh, YouTube live. Um, I've never done Instagram live before and I've never done YouTube live before and I'm doing all three at the same time. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. All right. So Brenda says due to the coronavirus, I've been un unable to do anything over, over the last two weeks and I've been studying relentlessly and I had been studying rel relentlessly since November, 2019. Do you have a suggestion on to help me get back into it so I don't lose all the ground I made? My daughter is home, and with all the bad news, I can't get back on track. <clears throat> I think the reality is, is that you're going to have to start over. And, um, you know, maybe, well, I say that, like, if you've already been through your videos, and if you've already, you know, taken the notes that you can take, set those aside. So starting over means starting over um, the, the, the non-stop multiple choice question. Um, portion of Ninja. So starting over means you're starting over doing the multiple choice questions, which is not a bad place to start. It's actually the least boring. Um, people like doing MCQs because it's active learning, taking notes. In theory, you can listen to music while you're doing it. And so um, if you've already been through your, your lectures and, and so that's, that's one of the benefits of the, of the Ninja framework is like once you're done with your lectures, they're done. Right? You don't spread those lectures out over eight weeks. None of this chapter one video, chapter one question, chapter two video, chapter two question, none of that stuff. You're basically studying chunks. And so set, set the, the videos aside if you've already done it. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with that, and if it doesn't say what, what review program you have, if, they, if you have some cram videos, maybe pop in those cram videos, um, pop it in as if it's a VHS. But um, some of you don't even know what VHS is. Okay. Um, or Betamax. Anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah, hope that's helpful. If, if you've been studying since November, then, then you're going to have to, like, hit, like, have a, have a clean, clean reboot. Say, okay, this is my new adjusted timetable. I'm going to study for five weeks. And... Um, and so, you know, MCQ for two and a half weeks and or maybe six weeks. So MCQ for two and a half weeks, rewriting the notes for a week, three and a half weeks, and then, and then uh, your final review for, you know, a week to two weeks. So. Oh, Dallas writes in, I just want to ask you something. I recently got my score and sadly I failed. The thing is, 
That was my second try for BEC. The first time I scored a 63, and it says that I got weaker on three topic areas. And then I got a 59, which is four points lower. Um, and my report says I got comparable on, on the MCQs and the written communication. I cannot understand how I scored less with better performance. I feel so discouraged about it. All right, here's the deal with those score, those score reports. Like, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight in them. And, um, I mean, you know, there are people who have sent me screenshots. Like, what's going on here, Jeff? I scored a, I scored, like, comparable or better relative to other candidates across all sections, but I still failed. And so there's no way to work into the math on that. So the bigger question is, why are, why are you scoring a 59? So a 59 is different than a 71 or 73. And, I'm just, and, and for, and for uh, more than just purely numeric reasons. So a 59, so a 71 or 72, 73, it means there's an area that you're, like your studying is good, but there's a, there's a, there's a place where you are conceptually weak. A 59 means that you're not studying correctly or, or you're not studying. And so uh, the assumption is that you are studying for six to seven weeks at 20 hours a week. I tell people, if you're not studying 20 hours a week, then you're not studying. Now, people who are going through busy season, I mean, in, in, in any sort of busy season, but busy season from home would probably like to punch me in the face. Dude, I'm already working 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week. How am I going to study? Like, shut up. I get it. Um, I worked through two busy. I worked through two tax seasons, and that was two. That was more than enough for me. So I get it. Um, and so, if you're not studying 20 hours a week, then you're not studying. With the caveat that it's busy season. Now, how how are you, are you studying? Are you studying like the typical chapter one videos, chapter two? Chapter one questions, chapter two videos, chapter two questions. Like, if you're doing that, then there's obviously people who pass that way because all of the review course providers pretty much teach that. I think that is a completely uh, inefficient and ineffective use of your time. And so, because what you study in week one, like, are you going to remember that in week seven or eight? No. So the questions that you do in week one, you're going to have to go back and redo them. And so you're, you're going to have to redo them. You're, you're going to have to work those questions twice. Why not instead get through the concepts, then do the MCQ, and then review? It's a much, it's a, uh, much more efficient and effective use of your time. So if you're scoring a 59, um, you know, I am, I am, I'm very reluctant to blame other to blame your, your study materials on, on your performance. Because I think uh, if a course is an AICPA licensee, like Ninja or Becker or whoever, um, people pass with those every day. And so, um, and so obviously you can too. Love to have you as a Ninja customer, but you can also pass with your own course. And, and so, um, I am, I'm hesitant to blame the materials right away. Now, some courses like, hey, I hate my course, and 
can't stand this guy or Jeff, I hate your audio, I can't stand your voice. <laughs> I get it. Now, you should have done that. Uh, that's why courses offer free trials. If you, don't want to, if, you, if you don't want to listen to my voice, if you don't want to listen to someone else's voice at five in the morning when you should be up studying because you're, you're gonna get your hour in before work and an hour in at lunch, like find that out on the front end before you drop two to three grand. Now, thankfully, Ninja offers a refund guarantee if you don't like it, so I'll give you your money back. We can be friends. Uh, but, so anyway, um, yeah, if you're scoring a 59, it's, it's how you're studying. It's, and so something needs to change there. Question on Instagram Live. Uh, do you have any advice for studying two sections at a time, or do you not suggest that? I don't have a good plan for that, and, and it's because I tried it personally myself. I studied for BEC and auditing at the same time, and it was, it was a hot mess. It was a dumpster fire. And um, now I did it, not by choice, but because I had to, like, I was up against it. My NTS was expiring um, because I was procrastinating, and it's my own fault. Now, um, that said, there are plenty of international candidates who study for two sections, three sections, four sections at a time, and just come over here and own it. So I should probably interview them on, on how to do that. So any of you international candidates out there who have perfected this, hit me up, and uh, I'd love to interview you. But I don't have a good, I don't have a good plan. It, it's not ideal. So um, back in the day, the paper and pencil exam, you know, we've, we've all heard from our bosses or whoever or our, our uncle at um, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. Back in my day, we had to sit in a big, conference, a big cold hotel conference room and we had to take um, all four exams over two days and then you had to score over 50% to get conditional credit. Yes, the exam day experience back then was rougher. However, today's CPA exam is a more difficult exam. Blasphemy, I get it. Uh, like, you know, back then there was like two FASBs, and now there's a bunch of them. Uh, back then there wasn't blockchain. Uh, back then there wasn't a section called BEC. And so, and um, a lot has changed. And, and, and it's not like the accounting rules and these concepts that we have to change, it's not like they've all been superseded. No, there's been a lot of content that's been added. And so corporate governance for BEC, um, the, the enterprise risk management framework, like, like all this stuff, it, it's all changed. And, and then they, they go and change revenue recognition, they go and change lease, lease accounting, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, I'm prone to soapboxes, I'm sorry. And so, um, The benefit that you have today, while you have more material to study, you can study for one, ex one exam section at a time. And so while you're at a disadvantage relative to older candidates, but you have more material to study, the advantage is you have better, um, better materials or, and, and um, more resources. So you have all sorts of, I mean, you have your like, you know, your, uh, your, your, your brick and mortar review courses that have been around since the beginning of time. And then you have 
um, crazy people out there like me. Um, there's free stuff. There's another 71 forum. There's other forums. All, all sorts of materials. So you have the benefit of more and better resources. And you also have the benefit of being able to schedule your exam piecemeal, one at a time. Go take auditing. Study for six weeks. Go take BEC. Study for six weeks, etc. And so uh, if you have to study for two at a time, I don't have a great plan. Um, but I'd love to hear for, for, from some international candidates who do. Dominic says, what up, Jeff? What up, Dominic? So hope that's helpful. <clears throat> Got a question on um, YouTube Live. What is your passing rate? I don't know. And, and I don't know how the, other how the other courses know what their passing rate is either. And I also don't know how their pass rates can be crazy high compared to the AICPA's um, advertised pass rate. They must, they must just be doing something really well. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> because here's why. Um, I mean, you can, you can send out an email and get a statistically relevant sample um, from all of your customers. And um, people who passed are probably more likely to say, yeah, I passed, versus, nah, you know, I bombed it, I scored a 20. Um, and so there's that. And then also, um, how can they know if someone only studied with, with their material? Because technically, if you, go to, if you go to the Another 71 forum and do a search over lease accounting and get some tips from there that weren't in your review course, technically you just supplemented. Um, and so that's, that's probably an extreme uh, example, but a lot of people study with free materials online, um, more affordable materials like Ninja, you know, they use a Ninja Audio with whatever course, or Ninja Notes, or Ninja MCQ, or, or, they'll, or they'll buy Glimes Test Bank, or Wiley's Test Bank, or Rogers Cram, or Becker's Flashcards, you know? So, how many people actually only study with one course? I don't know. And so that's why I don't have, I don't advertise my passing rate and um, I don't use it as a marketing, for marketing. Um, the only thing I have is, hey, if you don't like my course, I'll give you your money back. So it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Caitlin says, I'm reading material and I understand it. It's on Facebook Live, but then starting MCQ on it, I'm getting about 50% right. Is that severely alarming? Uh, no, that is quite normal, actually. Um, so here's the thing. You can watch all of your CPU, CPA review videos and you can get all these concepts, but the exam will ask you questions in a certain way. You can understand something conceptually, but the exam will test you, like the exam really drills down into your conceptual understanding. And so when I get people who email me, they're like, man, I'm, I'm bombing my MCQ, like am I just stupid? No, that, so you can't look at an MCQ like you're being tested or, or like it's a quiz. 
Uh, it's an extension of your concepts. It's a learning opportunity. Um, it's, a, it's a learning opportunity. And so, um, let's see. This, I just lost, uh, oh well, I just lost Instagram. <laughs> I just lost Instagram. So, let's see, how do we fire this back up? I'm clearly, so clearly you can't go over an hour. <laughs> all right, welcome back to all of you Instagrammers who I just booted off. Apparently you can't go over an hour. Okay, so I was just, I was just answering a question over uh, if, you, if you're scoring horribly on your MCQ, is that normal or are you dumb? And the answer is no, you're not dumb. Um, that's, that's normal because the MCQ, they are an, an extension of of the learning process. It's, so the MCQ is not a quiz. So that's why, even though Ninja MCQ has a practice exam um, feature, I tell people I, I hate practice exams because they don't, they don't tell you anything. Um, like, it, if you score a 75 on your practice exam, like, does that mean you're gonna score a 75 on, on the exam? I don't think so. I think a 75 on the exam is more like an 86 or something. I mean, I don't know. That's just, that's just my gut feeling. But, uh, and so, because there's psychometrics and all sorts of stuff. And so, if you are scoring poorly on your MCQ, that's okay. Take notes. And as you take notes over the things you miss, you will continue to miss less and less and your weaknesses will become strengths. Which is why it's really important to rewrite your notes because those questions that you were bombing, later on you can rewrite those notes and then those will become assets to you on exam day. Junior says, I don't know when my testing center will open. Should I continue to study? Absolutely. You want to be, <clears throat> you might, we should all have a drinking game. How many voice? How many times does, does Jeff's voice crack? Like everyone drink. All right. <clears throat> you want to be the person that's ready on exam day when they hit go and open up the testing centers. When the government, when the governor, depending on your state, just arbitrarily lifts the ban, says, "Hey, it's safe now." Uh, you want to be ready to go. So you want to be, you want to be in, in a holding pattern. Uh, I mean, let's say that you get up to exam ready levelness. Is that a, is that a word? For far, and like you literally can't study any anymore for far. But the testing centers aren't open. You can make a case that you that you stay exam ready for far. You, you're hammering your multiple choice, but then you start studying for auditing, and then so I answered a Facebook, uh, Instagram live question earlier about studying for two sections at a time, that might be a way to do it, is that stay exam ready for FAR, but then start studying for auditing, you know, start on your videos. So that's what I would do. Joshua says, hey Joshua, I remember you. Hey Jeff, I'm taking a break from the CPA since I fell out of my, <clears throat> since I fell out of my window twice, okay, assume a metaphorical window. Taking series in 63 because I'm being sponsored <clears throat> for those and will reimburse the EA but not the CPA. May I get back into public accounting over a decade later or find, or find something? I've enjoyed learning these concepts from different perspectives. 
Good to see you. Um, good to see you too, Joshua. You know, I would think that any, um, you know, your Series 6 and Series 63, um, I know that has to do with, with securities. Is that insurance? Um, seems like that might be insurance. <clears throat> um, I, think, I would think that that would be an asset to any, I mean, you know, your big accounting firms, like those are big, corp, you know, big corporate behemoths, you know, but you go into a, like, like a mom and pop CPA firm and, you know, you don't have to be a CPA. You can be an EA and they'll just, they'll just stick you in the, in the, uh, in the tax cubicle. You can just crank out taxes all day. And so, you know, maybe, you, maybe they don't use you for audits, but man, if you want to specialize in tax, I think that's just fine. And you know, get your EA. I mean, like the, the EA exam, you, you enrolled agents out there, like that's no joke. And so that's a tough exam. And so, um, and, and the questions on there are, are significantly more difficult than regulation or, or at least some of the regulation questions. So yeah, I think that's fine. If you, um, I mean, if the CPA seems a ways away, no, someone just laughed at me. <laughs> I, must, I must have said something absurd. Um, and, uh, so go into your mom and pop CPA firm, be an EA, crank out tax returns. Like, like, Hey, you can, you can hand me the corporate tax returns that you don't want to do. I'll just do them. And that's something off their plate. Yeah. So series six and series 63 investments. And so, um, the CPA firm that I used to work at, we used to have a lady that she also officed in there and she sold insurance stuff and their referrals or whatever. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's an opportunity there too. So instead of outsourcing, like, Hey, you really should be, um, you really should have life insurance. Go talk to Joshua, that type of deal. I don't, I don't remember all the regulatory rules around that. So I might've just said something, no, dude, you can't do that. But anyway, so just make sure that you disclose the relationship, right? So on Facebook Live, I use Ninja Audios, great audios. Jeff, I used to listen to you during my workouts. Thank you, Ninja. Awesome. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate, I appreciate the feedback. I'm glad that you didn't hate them. Are there any pairs of exams that I recommend? Um, well, you, you can pair your exams by topics. So FAR and auditing obviously works well together. Um, FAR and, I mean, you can make a case that FAR and regulation because of deferred taxes. So if you've, if you've studied regulation, then deferred taxes makes a little, little more sense than FAR, but there's not as natural of a, of a link. So yeah, probably FAR and auditing. As far as topics go, as far as like, hey, I have, um, I have eight weeks to pass two exams, then I would do auditing and BEC. Yep. Dominic says, statement of cash flows is kicking my butt. Studied, studied for two days. Is this normal? Um, did you watch the Bob Manette videos over it? When in, doubt, I when in doubt, I tell people to watch the Bob and Nett videos and they're like, oh man, thank you. Um, even though they're quite old. 
And uh, I mean, any topic that, that's kicking your butt, like watch your videos, whatever, skim the book, whatever, and then just hammer multiple choice questions until, I mean, as you work the multiple, as you work the multiple choice questions and you get things wrong, write it down. And then, and then pretty soon, in theory, I mean, if you go through all the questions, like Ninja has 6,000 questions, which is a lot, um, you know, Glime has 10,000, whatever. If you work all the, all of the um, questions over cash flows in your test bank, and if you can start hitting them at 70%, you're good. Um, all right, Facebook Live. <clears throat> Allie, hey Allie, says, hi Jeff, I have a question on BEC and it, as it relates to simulations. <clears throat> I failed it twice and, and both times scoring low on simulations was the big, biggest part of that. I have no idea as to what I'm doing. I wrote legit essays and completed them all. Any ideas how to fix this? <clears throat> well, essays are are tricky um, in that, you know, I'm a, when I was taking the exam back then, all of the exams had essays. And so that was a strength of mine. So writing is a strength of mine. Um, and um, funny story, when I was taking the, the GMAT, <clears throat> I bombed the math portion and I scored a near perfect on the writing. And I was trying to get into a master's of accountancy program. <laughs> and the dean of the program like looked at me in disbelief. And he, he couldn't fathom what he was seeing. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and so um, that was an asset to me on exam day because I could, if I knew a, a few keywords, I could write an essay. <clears throat> and, uh, and so people who are, um, like have English as a second language or maybe they're not good writers, um, struggle with that. And sometimes, sometimes like you, you know the concepts, and you and you and you use good keywords, and you did a good essay, and you just don't feel right about it, and you, you don't do well. That's just how it goes. <clears throat> um, but as for BEC simulations <clears throat> in general, um, I think I think BEC. Is, is a little bit tougher than, than some of the other exams in that, um, <clears throat> I mean, if, if you get a, a cost accounting sim or something like that, like that can, that can be a uh, pretty tough sim. And so, I mean, cost accounting in general is, a, is one of the more tougher topics for, for BEC. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, my advice, would be to, first of all, do all the AICPA sample SIMs over BEC in, for any exam. But really, some of those just more, more technical, like some of those real grouchy SIMs, like uh, cost accounting, financial management, I mean, an econ SIM, I mean, pretty straightforward unless you get into like ratios and like price elasticity of demand and calculating things like that um, but I would just I would make sure that, that you really hit some of those tougher sims home and 
I know that I'm, I know that I'm giving you advice that you, it's pretty, pretty much common sense and you already knew it, but hopefully that, that just reaffirms that, um, if you're going to do 10 sims, make them like the super hard ones for BEC. <clears throat> Question, I'd like to study and I have a baby and I, and I may have time. Do you have free far notes? Yes. Um, or at least a free, a free section of them. Um, you can see if they like, if you like them. Um, and, and I didn't just like give like the crappy chapters. <laughs> I did like governmental accounting and individual tax. Some of the, some of the, uh, some of the real good ones. So go to another71.com and you'll see in, in the sidebar, um, uh, free notes and, uh, you, you don't even have to opt in for them. Um, you can just download them. So it's like governmental accounting, uh, IT. So I asked people which ones did you want and IT was one of them. So anyway, it's a freebie. Go check them out. <clears throat> Jeff, what's the longest you've banged your head against a topic before you fully understood it? Well, I think, I think the correct answer is that you can't do that. Um, you cannot be an expert on every topic. And so uh, you have to set a budget, a time budget in your, in your concepts, in your MCQ, et cetera, like, like for FAR. If you just camp out in not-for-profit accounting, or in your case, cash flows, like you are going to become an expert at cash flows, to the detriment of the rest of your, of your studying, and and um, you're not going to be ready. And this also translates on exam day. If you get a question on exam day, and it trips you up, and you sit there and stare at it for five minutes because. Okay, this always, I don't know if this happened to the rest of you, but when I was taking an exam, like within the first five questions, I'd, I'd get a question that was just like killing me. And it was like a, some sort of calculation question. And, you know, you can't just like BS your way through it. It's like none of the answers were working. And so you have to pick B or C. I say pick B or C and move on. Because if you camp out on a question and spend, so if you budget two and a half minutes for each question, and you spend five minutes on question five, then that's gonna be two and a half minutes that you don't get to spend on your, on your simulation. So, um, and then, you know, there's like 70 some questions per exam. And then if you do that every five questions, you're gonna be in trouble. So, hope that's helpful. What do I think is most tested on the FAR? Bonds or security investments? Well, if, if you look at the, at the blueprint, I mean, I think, I think the best way to answer it is that both are going to be tested. And, you know, bonds is obviously, I mean, the, the ASCPA blueprint assigns the weighting. Bonds is going, but I mean, bonds is a major topic. And then, you know, um, then you get into like available for sale debt securities and trading debt securities, et cetera. And so, um, obviously those are going to be on the exam to what extent, I don't know. They are going to be there. So you, you need to know a little about a lot. You're welcome, Allie. Okay. And Nick says this coronavirus pandemic is totally screwing up my rhythm. 
I recently took FAR, my last exam, I scored 72. I'm going on my fourth time taking it. I'm so confused, concerned about how the pandemic is going to help or hurt me. If you could lend any information and advice to me, it'd be greatly appreciated. So uh, those of you who have been on since the beginning, and um, hopefully this hasn't been too boring, uh, you have seen a theme here. People don't know how to study during the pandemic and during the lockdown. Um, kids are at home. Kids need to be homeschooled. You know, there's this fear in us as parents <laughs> that we're going to magically, like over these next three months, that we're going to screw up our kids' education and they're, you know, they're never going to amount to anything and they're not going to get into college and they're going to score an 18 on the ACT and um, somehow we're going to screw them up. No, you're not. You're not. And um, probably the most important thing to do right now is keep them up, like do your best. And I mean, it, you are likely seeing things that your teachers see on an everyday basis. So they might be perfect angels when they leave your house and they're terrors at school or the, or the flip that they're terrors at home when they're perfect angels at school. I've heard both. Um, we always, we, we've been homeschooling for 10 years. And so, uh, <laughs> so I see both. Uh, and, um, you know, Mondays for homeschooling is the worst. And uh, every Monday is the worst. I wish I could skip to Tuesday every day, every, every school week. And so um, do your best as, your, as their teacher. And this is kind of going off on a homeschool tangent, uh, not related to the question at all, but do your best as a teacher. And if you diagnose some character issues, hey, what a blessing it is that you, um, you know, that, you know, little Timmy likes to, likes to cheat on his math tests. <laughs> Maybe it's time to spend the next three weeks, three, three or four months addressing that. And, uh, and uh, that might have more long-term implications for little Timmy than, uh, you know, whether or not he knows his times tables. So uh, kids are at home. You have to work from home. Spouse is at home. It's, it's nearly impossible to get anything done. And, and so you just have to prioritize. You have to budget. You have to sacrifice, um, get up earlier. You have to switch your routine. Stop watching Netflix at night. Study instead. Kids go down to bed. And, uh, you know, if you're single and, like, none of this applies to you, well, some of it, some of it would apply to you because, like, you, you, have, to, you have to focus. And um, it might mean, like, physically like removing the Apple TV and going and sticking it in your car trunk. So you're not going to turn it on. Um, it might be physically going and hiding your, you know, going and giving your phone to your spouse or your significant other or your roommate saying, don't dare to let me have this for the next two hours. Um, it might mean getting on, you know, there's all sorts of plugins or extensions that will um, keep you focused, like won't, you know, Let's say you're prone to study to look at ESPN.com or something while you're studying or Pinterest. Do people still look at Pinterest? Uh, Instagram, whatever. Uh, block it, and um, while you're trying to study, and uh, you're you're and maybe set up like like rewards. Okay, if I if I um, if I study for the next two hours, I'm gonna watch an hour of Tiger King, <laughs> or or I'm gonna start you know, watching Breaking Bad for the sixth time because uh, I'm all caught up on Better Call Saul. So anyway, 
Um, stay focused, sacrifice, treat it like a job, be disciplined, all of the things that you already know. I'm not, I'm, this isn't groundbreaking information, but hopefully it, it reaffirms what you already know. <clears throat> all right. Um, two more questions and then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Comment on Instagram, unknown testing so hard to prepare. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to prepare with the unknown. Like, the exam centers, they will open again. Like, they will. And, and life will start to get back to normal in phases, I hope. Um, you know, I hope, I hope in the fall we're, we're all in a, you know, we're, we're all tailgating at college, fo at college football stadiums everywhere. Um, but the, the testing centers will open or, or they'll start, you know how you can go in a store one at a time. Maybe they'll do that for testing. Like they're going to have to figure it out. Um, pretty sure NASDAQ will never allow taking exams from home. I saw something on Prometric about, um, this new program for testing at home or something. I don't, I don't foresee NASDAQ ever doing that. <clears throat> and that was because Prometric offers all sorts of different exams. Um, so, all right, Dan says, Jeff, I had my audit exam canceled and now a May or June exam seems more likely. I have auditing, regulation, and BEC left to take. My question is whether or not you think I should keep hammering audit for another month or two or start studying for another section while reviewing audit. Keep hammering audit and if you get up to, um, you know, you're ready for exam day, then, then keep, keep reviewing your notes. Keep working MCQ, stay in that 70 to 80% um, holding pattern, and then jump into something like BEC. So, you know, like I said earlier, BEC and auditing are great to pair together. Final question, and then uh, we'll get out of here. Brittany says, I have a question for you. Until July 2020, the reg exam is still testing over the 2019 tax laws. Correct. All right, so this year for regulation is going to be weird because... Normally in July, um, so January through July, so like this is 2020, well right now 2019 tax law is being tested. And then in July of every year, it switches over to the current year, so July of 2020. However, they just, they just came out with the CARES Act. And uh, due to the AICPA uh, policy on new statements, the CARES Act won't be tested until... October 1st. And so um, the re review providers are going to have to update their material for July 2020 for regulation and then October 2020 because it's really weird. And so, so some of the, some, some of the, so basically from July through the end of September, people are going to be studying tax law that isn't, some of it isn't relevant anymore because the CARES Act did away with it. Or changed it like, um, like like the new net operating loss the new net operating loss rules that we all learned because of TG, TCJA, like we're going to still study for the CPA exam as if they're still in existence, but then in October we're going to stop studying them because they're no longer <laughs> they're no longer in place. So anyway, good times. All right, everyone, thank you for watching. Um, if you have a question, so I will probably do this again. This is kind of fun, aside from my voice cracking. 
Um, and so you can always ask a question via live. If you want me to answer your question and make sure that I get to it, go to another71.com, uh, click Dojo Login, and if you're not already a Dojo member, then you can do the Ninja Free Trial and uh, get in there, and you'll see it for free, and then you also get free notes, whatever. If you're already a Ninja Monthly member, you already know where it is. Oh, all right, everyone. Hope this has been helpful. Uh, you're welcome, Caitlin. I enjoyed it too. And uh, last question, Dominic. With a trending score, is there any need to ever reset reset your MCQ data? Yeah. I mean, if you just want to, if if you want to retake your exam, hit refresh, hit, hit reset. If you just kind of want a clean break and just reset. I mean, Sometimes you just need to hit reset, and uh, and that's warranted. So um, completely up to up to you. So, all right, everyone, be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon.